0: Salutations, And of course, happy holidays to all of my friends out there, my unlucky lounge rats. Welcome back to the Blind Eternities. Here, nuzzled inside of Montescrew Manor, is another episode of Draft and Draft, Friday Night Podcast Edition. And what a Friday night it is. The jingle jangle of jingle bells, graced all throughout the multiverse, we are here to celebrate all of you in this magnificent year. My name is Corey, your limited lore master, denizen of this, The Unlucky Lounge, and joining me as always is the tutu that's always there for you on turn two. His name is Borak. Borak, a big Merry Christmas. <coughs> You're still sticking to that story that you celebrate life day? <coughs> Listen, Borak, I respect all lifestyles. I respect all peoples. But I don't know if I can get behind a horrible Star Wars holiday special. What do you mean you're not going to do the show if I don't wish you a happy life day? That's insanity! That's all you want for the holidays? If I say this, we're good? Happy life day, Borak. Great, now I have Borok's holiday gift all settled. I can keep that Gaia's Cradle for myself. Oh, me, say something? No, I said nothing. I said, let's get on with the show because Magic Arena has given us a special little gift. Friends, it's the Decathlon. Nestled right here in the holiday season, 10 events leading to a vintage cube that could win us some pretty cool things. and." Boy oh boy, as luck might have it, leading into the 24th of December, traditional draft in the decathlon is up, and we decided to drop another extra special holiday episode so we could all join in the festivities together. But before we dip into this decathlon draft, a few bits of housekeeping and upkeeping as always. This show is brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. Check them out, BLEAB.com or wherever you download your audio goodness. Keep your midday blues away with Believe. And tis the season for showing thanks. Thank you, all my listeners, for joining in. Whether we're listening to this on the way to home for the holidays, or maybe this is a nice little post-holiday hangover tradition, we really appreciate you tuning in. And hey, we love for you to keep the conversation rolling on our socials on Twitter, Twitch, and TikTok, Draft and Draft Corey, and just keep an eye on those socials because longtime friend of the show, Zbex and myself, are collaborating on a little something that we like to call Disney The Gathering. Fun little parodies of Disney wrapped up with Magic The Gathering flair. We're dropping episodes all throughout those socials, so find us wherever you can. Contact us with those socials. What in the world did I just say? I guess the holiday hangover came a little bit early for me indeed. You can find me on my Instagram, Cory DeMone Enriquez. And if this show is giving you some joy, feel free to find us on Patreon. Patreon.com backslash draft and draft. Help us keep the lights on here in the Unlucky Lounge. The links are found in the show description below. And if you get a chance subscribe, like, rate us five stars, Apple Podcasts. It truly helps us get the word out here in the Unlucky Lounge. Well, that's it for all the housekeeping and the upkeeping. The Sorcerer's Broom is put back into the Condor's closet, and hey, it is holiday time, it is decathlon time, I want to get into that Vintage Finals board. I think we can. I'm feeling pretty good about this. Hmm. That seems like quite an excited reaction for cracking the Gamorrean guard bone, but you do you on life day, Borak. But all of my listeners, we're going to drop into this decathlon draft. Can we get another token? We need three to make it to the Vintage Cube Finals in 2022. We've already got one token from Sealed, which was the mix of Midnight Hunt and Crimson Vow. Took a few times, but it was quite a lot of fun, and I certainly am hoping This traditional draft will do us good. It's, of course, best of three because it's traditional draft. We're talking Crimson Vow. We have two losses to give, and we have to win five matches. That's a lot. But I've been feeling pretty optimistic about Crimson Vow since the format's been kind of rolling along. So maybe we can take some of those good vibes and bring it here to our decathlon draft. But before we dip into it, we must hold to tradition you on Draft and Draft. Grab a drink, grab a snack, maybe even crack a pack. Let's celebrate all the great that you are in this, the Untap Step. Cheers. Ah, Somehow the first holiday sip tastes even better. Well, apparently Christmas came early for us. Maybe it's Festivus. Whatever gift giving you celebrate in the holiday season, we get to start off with Ava Brook Caretaker. <laughs> I mean, apparently we were good this year. The 4 4 hexproof for 4 green green that transforms into a game winner. This card is, of course, the strongest green card in the format. Maybe it's in fact the strongest rare in the format. You can make an argument that Dreadfast Demon or even Tox Roll, the two different rares that we actually had in our last two draft decks might be better, but hey, it looks like Lady Lavinius's prediction from last week might've been just a bit delayed, but we're here, and it's time for us to get our werewolf on. In this pack, there's also Fleeting Spirit, which I've talked about a lot. There's an Abrade, which is really nice, and Gluttonous Guest, which I really do like, but there's no way we're not taking this Abrabook Caretaker as we go into pick two of pack one. In green, we've got Hook Hand Mariner, the 4-4 that transforms into a 6-4 for three in a green. We've got the Cloak Cadet, the Training Human Ranger, which I kind of think has gone down quite a bit for me in my estimation. There is no removal to speak of for interacting. We've got an Alchemist Retrieval, we've got a Rot-Tie Gargantua, there is a Cobbled Lancer and a Frenzy Devils at the Uncommon slot, but I truly think that the power level of the cards in this pack are not quite high enough for me to not take a card that is currently on color. We're going to try and make this Caretaker work, so we're going to take this Cloak Cadet, a nice little card draw, way of us eking out some incremental advantage as we go to pick three of pack one. Still no removal to speak of. In the strongest cards I see in the pack here, we've got a Diagraph Scavenger, the 2-3 Death Touch Zombie Bear, for three and a black. When an is you can exile a card from a graveyard. If it's a creature card, you drain each opponent. Well, not bad. Uh, there's also that Gluttonous Guest that we talked about. There's a Fearful Villager too, the 2-3 Werewolf with Menace. Uh, for two and a red, not a bad choice for green cards. There's a Mulch, there's a Rural Recruit, and there is a Snarling Wolf, none of which are quite strong enough for me to want to take them. Even though Rural Recruit looks like it worked well with a cloak Cadet, I'm just not that into it. I think at this moment, I would much rather either take a Fearful Villager or Gluttonous Guest. And I think I'm gonna go with the Fearful Villager. Don't get me wrong, Edgar's Awakening, the Zombify card of the format, that when it gets discarded, you can pay a black and get a Raise Debt out of it. I just like how well positioned the green-red deck is in this format. And I don't feel like I'm losing out on too much by not taking a mild on color green card. So let's go to pick four, pack one. In green, well, there's a Crawling Infestation, the green enchantment that mills cards and makes insects. Not into that. There's also a Snarling Wolf. For red, there's a Belligerent Guest, which is pretty medium, but there is a drog skull Infantry, which might be one of the better two drops in the format. The 2-2 two, two with Disturb, three, and a white to become a plus two, plus two aura, not bad. There's also a Blood Fountain, which can go quite a long ways to getting some good equity out of our creatures, I think i'd rather take a blood fountain i think splashing in this format and doing some kind of weird green red black build in jund isn't too horrible plus it does give us a nice way of us to try and eke out the most advantage we can out of what we've been finding thus far as we go to pick five pack one there is an undead butler in this pack the one two for one to black when there's a battlefield you mill three and then when it dies you can exile it and return a creature from the graveyard back to your hand pretty good there's also a Blood Craze Socialite and another Hook Hand Mariner. Besides that, we see a Hungry Ridge Wolf at the two drop slot, which does work nicely with the Fearful Villager, Cloak Cadet, and of course the Outer Caretaker that we already took. I am a little split on this one, my Unlucky Lounge Rats. I kind of want to go with the Hook Hand Mariner. I don't feel necessarily like I'm sold to my other non-green cards. Plus, since the Hookhand Mariner is the only green card in the pack, we're sending really good signals to our opponent on our left that green is just not going to be open, which might pay us off going into pack two, but still here in pack one, pick six. We see another fearful villager, a Vampire's Vengeance. In green, there is only a massive Might in the pack. It does do some good work. There's also a Lightning Wolf, which I've talked about before on the podcast and i still hold true to it i like that activated ability it really helps us utilize our mana and keep aggressive i'm leaning towards the trick at this moment or the fearful villager though both cards play relatively well i do want to find some two drops relatively soon and maybe we can find one of those hungry Ridge wolves that we let go but i'm gonna go with that massive might right now and just again send signals like green is not going to be available to our opponent on our left but it looks like the opponent on our right might also be sending some signals saying green may not be fully available as mulch and bramble armor are still in the pack. Now, granted being said, I don't think that it's completely out of the realm of possibilities for us to still have green be a good option for us going into future packs. There's a sure strike in this pack, which I have won with before. There's also a blood craze socialite, which I think I'm gonna take here, having the blood fountain already. If I have to play something, in green, black, red, I'll do it, but we'll see how this goes. We go to pick eight of pack one. Well, this is fascinating. So we've got an Oak Shade Stalker, the three, three for tuna green. You can pay two more and cast it as though it had flash. Goes nicely with some werewolf synergies, but we also see a Falconwrath Celebrance and a Dawnheart Disciple. I think I can't pass up on Falconwrath Celebrants. This card is just so, so very good. The 4-4 Menace for 4 and a red that makes 2 blood tokens when it enters the battlefield, it's just too good to pass up, and I'll find some other 2-drops as things go along. Oh, speaking of which, here's a Dawnheart Disciple. It's 2-2 two two for 1 a green when another human enters the battlefield under your control, it gets plus 1 plus 1 until end of turn. There's also a Sawblade Singer, the 4-3 three for 3 a green, the uncommon human archer that either fights a zombie or destroys an artifact. An opponent controls, but I really would like to have something on too, so we'll take the Dawn Heart Disciple and go to pick 10. Is oh wow, the wolves continue another hook hand mariner, the one that we mentioned before. It did table around the Frenzy Devils is still in the pack, and so is the Lightning Wolf. But there's no way I'm not gonna take this hook hand mariner. The other side that makes it unblockable by creatures with power two or less is just so significant. Granted, I think the kind of jury is out right now knowing that two drops aren't as strong as they normally are some recent fellow content creators have kind of talked about it at length i'm still willing to do some good work with hookhand mariner pick 11 we're going to pick up a snarling wolf and we're going to go to garbage time pretty confidently here as we did table the belligerent Guest, which is a serviceable three drop going into pack two i would very much like to find removal we've got a massive might to help us out on the trick front we've got some good green red wolf equity in our creatures. I'm pretty happy to be in a deck like this going into a best of three matchup but I definitely want to find some abrades wolf strikes. We did table for our last pick the fearful villager. Now I know it's not the best of cards but it's certainly not the worst of cards. This card is great. Okay pick two pack one is not going to make it easy for us. Let me just go over the short list of things we have here. Weaver of Blossoms in the common slot, the 2 3 Werewolf uh, that makes a green, and then when it's on the other side, it makes two mon of any color. Very good. There's a Child of the Pack, the Green Red Werewolf on common, another Cloak Cadet, a Bramble Worm. There's also a Reckless Impulse, another grass Elements, but I think the card that we just have to take is Stensia Uprising. Rise up. Rise up it's time to take a team. shot, Rise. I talked about this card when I was at GP Vegas, CFB Vegas, it's very good. Every turn at the end step makes a 1-1 human creature and then if you have 13 exact permanents at the end step you can sacrifice it and have it deal 7 damage to any target. It is a hard to interact with card that can either make you go wide or can finish the game or become a very strange removal spell. This card is not bad at all, very happy to pick this up. As we go to pick two of pack two, this pack though, sadly, is a whole lot less flush when it comes to our removal suite. We've got a Lacerate Flesh, which is an okay piece of removal. There is no other interaction in our colors to speak of. There is a Dream Root Cascade. This is the green-blue Slowland. I don't know, I didn't see much in the way of signaling when it came to blue. I'm not too inclined to take that card. I either want to go with a 2-drop in the Toxic Scorpion to fill out the slot, or the Lacerate Flesh, which can interact with something on our opponent's board with a complete lack of removal. I think I'm going to go with the Lacerate Flesh, a bit to my chagrin, but I feel like that Toxic Scorpion might table around. Woo! Did I make it back in time for FNP recording? Mmm, turtle! Hey, Mr. Turtle, welcome back to the unlucky- mm. Ooh. Mr. Turtle, what did you do? Well, there were just a lot of holiday deals at the Cold Mart. The Caldmart again? I do love the Caldmart. I mean, Turtle. that's a lot of stuff on your shell, bro. How are you able to carry all that? Well, when you pack your shell upright, the balance does half the work. Turtle. Balance? Okay. Speaking of balance, let me talk about a card that is not balanced at all that's in our pick three of pack two. Glorious Sunrise. The three green green enchantment, at the beginning of combat, you get to choose one of four different modes, all of which spells out goodness for us, be it drawing a card, gaining life, making more mana, or having your creatures get plus one, plus one, and trample till end of turn? Sign me up. Wow, what a pickup there, as we go to pick four pack two, and it continues on. In the uncommon slot, we see a pack song pup. Ooh, glorious sunrise and a pack song pup. That's a lot of life gained gain for a good control deck, mm, turtle. No, Mr. Turtle, we're not going to be making a control deck here. I think we're going to be a pretty solid mid-range werewolf build. Well, if we're not going to draft a control deck, I've made my contractual appearance on the holiday show. I'm going to get some more savings at the Cold Mart, mm, turtle. Okay, Mr. Turtle, I guess you have more shopping to do on the twenty. 20- anyway. Packsong Pup is going into our stack here as we go to pick five of pack two. He just makes random appearances and just leaves. I don't get it, Vorok. Yeah, I know I made the character. Pick five, pack two. We've got a Voldaren Epicure and an Apprentice Sharpshooter, which are my two picks here. I kind of want to take the Epicure right now as a good way of us getting some nice filtering and just kind of shore up that side of our deck. Plus, I don't know if I want another 3 drop at this moment. I'd rather just have this card that helps us out with our card draw here. Let's go to pick 6 of pack 2. Not much here for us, unfortunately. We will take a sideboard card, though, in Crushing Canopy. Another Crawling Infestation has made its appearance in this draft. That's like 3 we've seen thus far. Boy, that's a lot. But we'll take this Crushing Canopy. There is an Ancestral Anger, which we could potentially take. We currently got 16 cards in our main deck which is pretty close to us being settled. The question is a card that might make the play if we get a few of them versus a very good sideboard card. I think I'm going to go with a consistent sideboard card in Crush and Crushing Canopy and go to pick seven of pack two. There is not much here. We've got a daybreak combatants a two-two haste creature for tuna red, when an ETB is target creature gets plus two so plus until end of turn. There's a ceremonial knife, which I don't mind too much. Granted, this is better in a deck that has smaller creatures, but you know, I could use a little bit more blood token equity, honestly. And it's a pretty easy card to board out if we need to. Going into pick eight of Pack Two, the last new pack of this particular pack. Wow, words are funny, aren't they? Uh, we're gonna pick up a third hook hand Mariner, and we get to our table pack, and we still see the Bramble Worm and the Cloaked Cadet. I think I'm gonna go with the Bramble Worm. There is a Dawnheart Disciple, but the power of Bramble Worm is kind of undeniable. It's just big, it can take over a game, and in this format that has a lot of big explosive equity, I'm pretty happy with this card being even in our sideboard. Pick 10, we see uh, not much at all for us, we'll pick up a random Honeymoon hearst, and hey, there's one of those Ancestral Angers, going into our 3rd pack, wow, there's another Ancestral Anger, how many does it take for us to play these, I'm not sure. Going into our 3rd pack, again, we're on Removal Watch, I'd also love to take a few more 2 drops that are of significant value to help us out. but. Let's see where things are going, as our rare that we opened up is an overcharged amalgam. This is the three three flash flying exploit creature that can sack something and counter a spell or ability. But you know how I said two drops? Well, a pack song pup will do pretty good for us in our green red werewolf deck. Let's take our second growing pseudo Tarmogoyf creature and be quite happy as we go to pick two of pack three Again, no removal, no braids we're seeing here. I'm glad I took that Lacerate flush when I did, even though it's not very good. We do see on the 2-drop slot a Blood Petal Celebrant. You know, it's fine. And it's got First Strike. There's another Massive Might in this pack. At the Uncommon slot, there is a Distracting Geese, there's a Wedding Security, there is a Blood Hypnotist, the 3-3 three, three, that can't block for 2 and a red. When you sacrifice one or more Blood Tokens, creature can't block this turn. You only use the ability once, but I'd rather just have a solid 2-drop, and we're not doing all that well on the Blood Token front. We've got an Epicure. we've got a Belligerent Guest, we've got a Falconrath Celebrants. Eh, I'm pretty okay just taking a, a halfway decent 2-drop here. Pick 3, pack 3... There is the rare, which is red. It's Change of Fortune, which is an absolute do not play. There is a Frenzy Devils, but we're looking at the common slot for our pick here. There's a Weaver of Blossoms. This is such a good card, and the fact that we have so many 5-drops, I can't see us not taking that card. There is a Lacerate Flesh, but I don't see many universes where I'm going to play multiple Lacerate Fleshes. So let's just take the Weaver of Blossoms as a nice 3-drop here and it's going to help us get to all of these very solid five drops. We're talking Falcoran Celebrants, we're talking Cloak Cadet, we're talking Glorious Sunrise. As we go to pick four, well, we see a green uncommon here in Dormant Grove. I've yet to play with this card, I kind of want to right now. It's an enchantment for three and a green. Beginning of combat, you put a counter on a creature, and then if that creature has toughness six or greater, you transform it into a 3-6 with Vigilance that gives your other creatures Vigilance. Yeah, this thing is going to grow our creatures pretty efficiently. Happy to scoop up that card as we go into pick five. Still, unfortunately, no removal for us. We're going to have to leverage some tricks if we can find them. I'm talking Shore Strikes. I'm talking another Massive Might if we can. But here in pick five, we could take a Dawnheart Disciple as another 2-2 for two that grows. We could take a third Ancestral Anger, or we could take another Voldaren Epicure. I think I'm going to go with the Dawnheart Disciple. Our human count right now is 9, so it'll consistently swing as a 3-3. Three, if three. we can find some more tricks, I think that would be a, a nice little way of us mitigating all of the lack of removal that we're, well, seeing. we're not seeing, as it were. I don't know. English language is weird. Pick 6, pack 3 in our colors. Keswick Flame Breather. We are up to 17 creatures, and probably not stopping there's a cartographer survey which is just not very good but we will take a solid three drop in spore crawler you know our opponent has to decide how to deal with this if it's a flame blessed bolt or you know anything else that exiles great but besides that it's really kind of hard to deal with pick seven pack three another kessig flame breather there's a restless bloodseeker still in this pack man that's a good card there's also a markov walter which is the green white uncommon gold card we're not going to play that card i'll Swoop up a Keswick Flame Breather and happily know I'm not going to play it. Here's the last fresh pack of this draft and still no removal, no Wolf Strike, no Flame Plus Bolt, no Abrade. We see a massive might. We're going to have to leverage what we got, my Unlucky Lounge Rats. This won't be the easiest of drafts to navigate. We do have some real good power in Avabra Caretaker, Glorious Sunrise, Stensia Uprising, two pack Song Pups, but you know, then having no solid direct way of interacting with our opponent's creatures it will hurt us but we're gonna wrap up this draft here in garbage time and well we've got ourselves plenty of playables oh, another cushion canopy massive might or apprentice sharpshooter Ooh, pick 12 has got some stuff for us maybe i'll take the third massive mite here maybe we just go all massive mites. i don't know but we'll see how this deck comes together but first why don't you all treat yourselves it's the holidays you deserve it We'll see you back here in just a second. Welcome back, all of my unlucky lounge rats. I hope you refreshed, refueled, and good to see that you've returned as we're gonna break down our traditional draft deck in the MTGA Decathlon. Now, our deck is not without power. We've got Averba Caretaker, We've got Glorious Sunrise, we've got Astentia Uprising, we even have Bramble Worm at the top of the curve to do some solid work. But let's address the elephant in the room. We are lacking on removal. We've got a Lacerate Flesh, we've got Astentia Uprising that can act as a pseudo removal spell, but I'd much rather throw it at their face with that trigger during the end step. But what this leads me to conclude is our best way of interacting with our opponent's board is to present a strong curve. So that means we're playing two Paxon Pups, we're playing two Dawnhard Disciples, we're even gonna play the Snarling Wolf. I really wanna make sure this pup has the opportunity to grow into a big boy. And having a nice curve and a number of wolves, all that's gonna help it out. I do think we're doing pretty good on the wolf and werewolf count. And I think all of this curve consideration is going to make the massive mites that we're playing in our deck end up being quite pungent. Now, the last card in our deck, the 23rd playable, came down to a combination of choices. Either the 3rd massive Might, the Cloak Cadet, the 2-4 Training for five, and the 2-1 First Striking Attacking, Blood Petal Celebrant for one and a red. I ruled out the 3rd massive Might, I just think creatures are gonna do a little bit better to make the other two turn into pressure blocks, force them to have to play into it then is it the two drop or is it the Cloak cadet if i look at my deck it don't have a lot of ways of putting counters on creatures i've got the cadet itself i've got the dormant grove that three in a green enchantment which i'm excited to play you have to play with it I'm against it many times but with it not so many but unfortunately the cloak cadet can only really do good work with itself And that's not enough for me to want to play it. Plus, as I said before, by leveraging a strong curve, we can make the two massive mites that we have to play a pseudo-removal better by playing more on the two-drop slot. And the fact that we've got that having first strike and two menace creatures enhances the tricks. Will it all come to pass? Well, the only way to find out is to play it out. Let's go into our match here on Friday Night Podcast. We are going to be on the play, and we're going to keep a pretty okay hand of Snarling Wolf, Massive Might, Dormant Grove, and Hookhand Mariner with Forest, Forest, Mountain. A little bit of everything that a growing hand needs. What would be nice is definitely to draw the fourth land, but we've got plenty of cards to draw. A little Pack song Pup action I think would be just oh so nice. You know, it's Christmas, so you gotta ask at least. Well, it looks like we drew one of our pieces of removal, the last Right Flesh, so We'll crack in there with the Snarling Wolf, activate it, get him for three, and hope to draw well any number of things. Our deck's got a little bit of flexibility in what we can draw here. Well our opponent goes Planes. they're playing Forest and Plains, and then cast a Sporeback Wolf. Our draw step gives us our next Forest as we're gonna crack in now for another three as our opponent declines to block. as one might expect. Uh, We'll pass the turn, leaving up a massive might just for any kind of shenanigans that they might do to our tapped creature, but it seems quite unlikely. The good news is we've gotten our fourth land, so we can roll out Hookhand Mariner, Dormant Grove, and hopefully protect our investments. A fifth land drop would be nice for us to keep developing our board and being able to double spell as they play their own Snarling Wolf. Ooh, we got ourselves a bark at the moon type situation here. Our opponent's going to enter their attack step, get us for 2, with the life totals being 18 to 14, us in the lead. And then in the second main phase, they're going to play the Unholy Efficient, the 1-2 with Vigilance for 1 white that you can pay 5 and then give it a counter. I've been wholly unimpressed, and hey, we did draw a Fearful Villager, which is interesting because it makes our attacks just a little bit better here. We do get to attack with our Snarling Wolf. They basically can't block. If they wanted to try to leverage a double block for a tempo sync for us, we could still then play the Massive Might and then follow up with the Fearful Villager, but we don't have to do that now. So we get them for one, and then we're going to play our hook hand Mariner and pass to their turn as our boards are now all starting to slowly develop. Now the one thing I think our deck is going to encounter now that we're playing it out a bit is it's going to be hard for us to transform our Werewolves. We don't have a lot to play on our opponent's turn, so being able to flip to the other side of a lot of our cards is going to be unlikely since we're going to be playing a lot of spells on our turn. And it looks like our opponent is going to go for broke, and they cast Arm the Cathars. One white, white, up to three creatures get different buffs. One gets plus three, plus three, one gets plus two, plus two, and one gets plus one, plus one. All of them get Vigilance. Well, they're going to get us with a 4, 6, and a 4, 5, and I'll take my medicine here. It's going to bring me down to 10. Wow, that was a very aggressive line that they took there, Borak. Indeed, fortune favors the bold, but you know what also favors us? Pack song Pup that we just drew. That's a nice little wolf of a draw. That's going to allow us to start to grow our, our good boy, and we can crack in now with our snarling wolf and our hook mariner should we want to they don't really have good trades actually now that i think about it i'm going to attack with just the mariner we could attack with the wolf but it takes us off of massive might and they could double block with the sporeback wolf and the unholy efficient and that would be a pretty good block for them because we'd be forced into activating our snarling wolf and then we only get to trade with one of the creatures. But I do think having the Massive Might is going to lead to a better attack step, either this or next turn. So I would much rather leverage that trick in a better way. We are going to get them here for four. We're at ten, they're at nine. We've got Snarling Wolf and Pack Song Pup untapped, with them having three creatures as well, three cards in hand, To our four cards in hand. This game is far from over and really could go either way. I'm wondering if that Arm of Cathars was just actually quite a good tempo life total play as now i have to really consider the choices that they're making if they play some kind of big bomb i'm gonna be hard pressed to answer it they're attacking with their snarling wolf and their spore back wolf i'm going to block my snarling wolf to their snarling wolf if they want to trade i'd be okay with that which i am going to do they will then have to activate it and spend the mana should they want to do that and then they've got two less mana to work with on their turn and well we weren't going to really use our mana any either way and they now play their own massive might so it's going to get us now for a total of four going to six but i i I don't mind our line actually i i think it's actually pretty good we now have a four four and a two two we can play our dormant grove. They just have an unholy efficient. Can we get them for lethal with our massive mites? So we'll be swinging through for four, six, seven, eight, nine. They have to block. We could also main phase the massive mite so we can transform the dormant grove. Give our creatures vigilance. Oh, that's clever. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna main phase a combat trick, I think. This vigilance is gonna do a whole lot of work for us in this matchup because it's just going to give us a lot of tempo. Now, how this is going to work, my unlucky lounge rats, is because Dormant Grove's transform trigger is once you put the counter on the creature, then if it has toughness 6 or greater, then that's when it would transform. Now I'm going to main phase it to the Hookhand Mariner. The only way this really gets us good is if they have the instant speed valorous stance to destroy the Hookhand Mariner. But the way the triggers are resolving, I think we're good. Yep, we got it. So now we have all of our creatures with Vigilance. And we're swinging through for 10. This is going to force them to block one of our creatures here. And our board is just quite a bit better. I really like the line of transforming here. Because now we have Vigilant attackers, all of which are massive. They have to block the Hookhand Mariner or the Paxong Pup. Or they're just dead because of the trample off the Mariner. I am not gonna lie, I'm pretty proud of my line on that play. I don't know if that's gonna get any better with the way that our deck is leveraging tricks, but this is kind of what we were talking about. A good curve is going to output a lot of damage and is going to allow us to make those massive mites force our opponents to do awkward things. I think that turned out quite well. They're at 2, we're at 6, we've got a 5-5, five, five, a 3-3, three, three, and a 3-6. All of our creatures have vigilance, the pack Song Pup is going to continue to grow, even if they answer the Hookhand Mariner. We've got a Fearful Villager in hand to continue to grow it, plus a Lacerate Flesh to back up with some level of removal. Granted, again, not the best of removal spells, but it can help us get there. We just have to make sure we're playing around all possibilities of pump spells, uh, they play a Toxic Scorpion on their turn here. Looks like they're going to grow their Snarling Wolf. That is interesting because I'm a little concerned. Nope, they just passed through. My concern on this one was they could potentially have another Massive Might, which means they could have pumped the Snarling Wolf up to 5 power with Death Touch and Trample, which is a pretty good interaction, but they just passed through, which I think gives us quite... Quite a bit of grounds here. We'll rate Flesh the Toxic Scorpion and make a number of blood tokens. Three, not bad, after we just drew a forest into our hand. So we're gonna be able to leverage lands now off of Looting Way with blood tokens and continue to have a pretty strong board here. Our opponent goes into the tank with forest forest planes open. Our Lacerate Flesh Resolves, and we're gonna crack through now with a Five-five hookhand mariner, four-four pack song pup, and a three-six gnarled grove strider, which is the other side of dormant grove. This is going to prompt a scoop, and it's going to get us our win here in the unlucky lounge. Who? I am pretty overjoyed by the course of that game not gonna lie to everyone out there. We certainly got a gift in Averbrook Caretaker, Glorious Sunrise, Stensia Uprising, but it was a main phase massive might into transforming a Dormant Grove that sealed out this game nicely. It just goes to show you, though this format is latent with a lot of big massive impact rares, that a deck that is well played and well constructed can still go far in Crimson Vow. I have to say, some of my earlier opinions on this set have truly come around, especially after the massive losing streak that I put in not less than two months ago. <laughs> but it's good to see that this format still has legs, and I really think that any of the two color combinations are viable, and that also includes splashing off of green base decks. But what do you think, friends? Are you enjoying this format more than you used to what is still driving you to draft this format is there a certain card combination you want to play out i just heard about a spicy one with ill-tempered loner and vampire's vengeance that sounds like something that i want to do what do you still want to do here in this end of 2022 are you doing the decathlon all those questions and more and to them on my socials. Draft and Draft Corey on Twitter, Twitch, TikTok. Corey Demone Enriquez is my Instagram. And think about joining our Patreon, patreon.com backslash draft, and draft Links in the show description, but most importantly, thanks for joining us today. Well, friends, it looks like I've found the bottom of my drink, and so we've reached the end of another episode. My name is Cory, joined alongside Borak, <laughs> And if Mr. Turtle was here, I'm sure that he would be saying, Mmm, Turtle. On behalf of everyone here in the Unlucky Lounge, have a joyous, festive, safe, and lovely holiday season. And go out there and make some magical memories of your own.